Welcome, everyone, to another episode of Slasher Scotty. I am your host, Scotty McCoy, and boy, do I have a surprise for all of you. I have on Zoom with me right now Jordan Miller, and he is the director of The Only Ones. It's a movie coming out. We're about to find out what it is and about uh, how you can help him be a part of this movie and exactly when it's going to come out and everything. So how are you doing, Jordan? I'm doing fantastic, man. Thanks for having me on. Not a problem. So glad to have you on. Uh, let's start to learn a little bit about you. How did you get your start into filmmaking? Uh, I've been like, making movies on various levels of professionality you know my entire life like when i was a kid i got a hold of my parents uh little dv cam recorder you know when you'd shoot on the, like the little cassette tapes that are like smaller than the vhs you'd pop them in then you have to like had a converter to play them in a regular vhs i would shoot skateboard videos and like nonsense videos and like little homegrown horror movies uh on those things and then i had no idea about like editing on computers or whatever so i would build this ridiculous rig with like one VCR rigged into another VCR and you would just play on one tape and record on the other. And that's sort of how you would edit. Nice. And I like brought them to school one day and like showed some people and they're like, wow, this is cool. You know, you could do all this on computers, like really easy. And I was like, huh? So, uh, I, you know, from there on, I, I, I was actually not really taking filmmaking seriously for a long time. It was just something I was super interested in. Yeah, I was uh full on music. Like my first life was all like touring and playing music uh all the time and film was just something i just loved but when it came down to school i ended up changing over to a film major pretty early and uh and from then on taking it a lot ser more seriously started making like, actual short films and mostly music videos because like i came up just hanging out with musicians all the time everyone needed a music video uh, I just started doing everyone's videos. So it's just like great practice to try a bunch of different genres and styles and techniques, you know, doing everyone's videos. From there, moving into, uh, for graduate school, I did my first feature, which was like a dramatic uh, feature length piece. Okay. From there, backing off to shorts, because I, I felt like I jumped into a feature really early and it was a huge learning experience, but um, it was something that wasn't necessarily what I would have chosen to do. Um, it had that, been in that moment but it sort of fell into my lap mm -hmm. um but from there i'm still proud of that film but you know watching your first yeah. film all you see is like uh failures right mm -hmm. all you see is like oh damn if i wasn't an idiot i would have done that like way better yeah but uh i'm less of an idiot now so maybe yeah. i could do it better so i backed off to shorts and i did a bunch of horror shorts uh the first one being a film called three which uh was did a bunch of festivals won a few awards and then got picked up by uh an online channel called crypt tv nice. um and they're they're awesome they have uh they started off being really homegrown, then got backing from I think Blumhouse and Eli Roth, and then now they make their own stuff. Okay. Um and right now we are we're doing this one. I've been working on other people's movies for, for a long time, and then COVID mm -hmm. really shut down the music thing. Yeah. Like honestly. Like live music just wasn't happening, tours weren't happening. Mm -hmm. And I, I was kind of like looking for a, a way to transition more fully into film anyway, and a worldwide pandemic is one way to do it. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, I know I have, I have, you know, quite a few indie uh, filmmakers on my show and uh, mm -hmm. not a lot, not all of them, like there's very few of them. And you're one of the few that actually has, a, you know, went to school for film. So yeah. I know I wanted to go to school for film, um, but I never went to move out to L.A. So my question is, um, with you having a degree in film, was there ever a, a thought that came across your mind that now that I, I'm going for film and, you know, get my education in film, I'm going to go out to L.A. Or was it always a I want to make my own indie type movies? 
yeah, that's everyone's like big internal conflict, mm -hmm. right? That's like the ultimate question is like, well, now some, maybe not so much in a post COVID world. I feel like that's not as big of a thing because the world has yeah. learned you can do anything from anywhere and everything's possible. Yeah. But at that point, especially it was like, that's what everyone's asking. Are you going to LA? And I, and I had to think hard about that. And the reason I stayed here was a few reasons because the main thing I want to do is write my own material and create it. Yeah. Uh, and I can't afford to do that if I move to LA and everything's expensive as fuck. And I could swear on the show, right? Yes, you can. Yeah, okay, good. Great. Because everything's expensive <laughs> as fuck. You can't afford anything. Uh, like you got to like sleep on a couch with five other dudes for like a few years before you find your own place. And all I would be doing is working crew on other people's things, yeah. which is great. I like working crew. I love working crew, but uh, I would never have the, the financial freedom to have a place and make my own content mm -hmm. like I can out here. Yeah. And then if I were to go out to LA, I have a whole bunch of really great looking original content, you know, yeah. that I would never been able to produce out there. So I, that's why I decided to stay out here because I met a whole bunch of people out here. I really fell in love with making movies with, uh, yeah. and you know, we all really get each other and, uh, and you know, it's, I don't want to leave that behind when I want to cultivate sort of what we've got going on here. Yeah. And a lot of people, like when they think of independent horror or independent filmmaking, they think really low budget, no budget type of movies. And sometimes sure. that is the case. But yeah. what they don't realize is, is that the big difference between independent and like a Hollywood type, you know, production is that independent is more freedom. Whereas Hollywood, you have to answer to the the main producers, the big wigs, the studios. Whereas oh, if yeah. it's your own movie, it's like you can answer to me and I'm more flexible and free, give more freedom to my cast and my crew. Yeah, and that's the fun part, right? Like that's yeah. ultimately why we're doing all of this is to have fun making films yeah. and making something that we all love. Right. So having complete freedom is kind of a, you know a big a big thing about that. And I think maybe that's a big part of me also coming from music and always being like, uh, you know, you have complete freedom with music. Nobody, right. especially these days, gonna tell you what to not do if you're yeah. just an independent artist uh, in the music industry. But like having being able to make a this is a real the the only ones that we're making right now is a very unconventional film like it's a slasher dark comedy mm -hmm. that takes like almost every familiar thing from a slasher movie that i can think of and kind of flips it upside down right and i don't know if i would be allowed to like make that movie if i was trying to make a horror yeah. comedy you know for the studio and yeah. you know but as an indie pe people you just write a script that you find interesting as what you want to see something right. that you would get a kick out of watching you know, you know on a screen and absolutely and, then, and there's Tubi out there as well which is a good platform for a lot of independent you know filmmakers and a lot of independent actors don't get yeah. paid they, they pay their they but they put in all their time so with them put it like sometimes actors do get paid the ind independent filmmakers but they don't get as much as you would if you're out in hollywood but and sometimes they don't get paid at all they get but they give their time so giving them that creative freedom is like well i might not be able to pay you with money or a lot of money but i'm able to pay you with giving giving your input on how to make your character character be what you would like Have yeah it becomes fun. more of a collaborative process right yeah. and like everybody gains something out of that everyone takes some sort of ownership in the project because of that uh, absolutely and um yeah. and even just talking financially you know points points on the back end which is like a percent of a movie that you may distribute yeah. to someone in exchange for money up front like the potential yeah. to make it back on the back end has historically meant nothing Right. If you're making an independent movie, because you're like, hey, I'll give you points, but they're like Mario points. Right. Like yeah. this means nothing at the end of the level. Right. But like with Tubi and with like some of these, um, you know, smaller streaming networks that have advertisements, you can actually make some money like you're yeah. not going to make Hollywood money, but you people can right. actually 
make money back on movies. It's kind yeah. of amazing. Like my first movie that I mentioned uh, that all I see is failures. The red effect uh, is on Tubi and we've gotten checks in the mail and it's kind of amazing, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It really mm -hmm. is. And Tubi is one of those game changers in streaming for independent artists because like yeah. independent filmmakers, they're most likely now it's possible, but most likely not going to go onto a Netflix or Hulu, you know, chances are very slim to none. I mean, it's possible, but it's slim to none. Whereas Tubi is yeah. a godsend for the indie filmmakers. And that really is a bonus. It's yeah, it's huge. It's and it's yeah. like it to, just to take it back to the music industry too. It's like watching all the uh, the the major labels sort of start to dissolve, right? And like labels start to mean nothing, and like Spotify plays and streaming. Yeah. It's like yeah, one you may not be financially gaining as much back as his historical major labels are paying people, but like everyone can make what they want to see, yeah. and you can go find the stuff that you like to see out there, and it's all readily available and. It takes like the power out of the gatekeeper's hands in a lot of ways. Absolutely. And of course, one of those movies that I'm assuming isn't out yet, obviously, but it's the only one, which is what you're directing. So, right. Yeah. Oh, it's definitely those... not out yet. We're right. only so, we're only two right. weekends into shooting, but we have a bunch okay. of scenes in the can, but we're in production right now. Awesome. Sounds great. So tell us what this movie is about. All right. So as much as I could tell you now without blowing the whole gag of the movie, because the experience is meant to be watched, hopefully knowing nothing going in. Okay. But uh, it's it's about a group of friends who have knew each other from high school. They're getting together years later. They're going out to one character's house whose uncle has died and they're going out there to sort of appraise the situation in the house, see what the condition is, blah, blah, blah. Uh, when they get out there, they run into some other characters setting into motion a series of events that spirals out of control and p dead bodies start to pile up. Nice. And the approach of this movie is a black comedy in the style of sort of the Coen brothers style okay. dry comedy where the situations are ridiculous, but my characters are playing them straight as an arrow. Nice. Uh, and somewhere in there is where the comedy exists <laughs> there. Right. And with the ridiculousness of the, of the violence <laughs> and the stuff that happens. Nice. So where did this idea come from? Actually, from a close friend of mine, Matt Burns. Um, I think oh, you know Matt. Do you I know, know Matt? Matt? Yep, I know yeah, Matt. So Great guy. I've known Matt since high school, um, back when I was playing in a punk band, and he was booking punk shows, and he would book us at all the train stations and Grange Halls and whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, and we like lost. We just kind of fell out of contact for years, mm -hmm. and then both of us separately moved into the genre film community and reconnected at Creature Feature Weekend years mm -hmm. ago. And since then, we've been like, oh, we got to find something to make together. Uh, and then he came to me with this idea. He had had someone write a script. It didn't turn out quite like what he wanted it to be. Um, and he knew I was writing a lot of stuff at the time. Um, I always am. And then he came to me. And he's like, hey, I have this crazy idea for a really out-of-the-box slasher where there's like no traditional killer in the woods. It's more of a really more intangible kind of thing that's that's all meant to be a confusing web of chaos and hilarity and i was like okay this sounds really interesting that's not really really anything i've seen before so uh this happened one time before with the script where matt came to me with an idea he thought was funny uh about actually a, an article called meth gators where about people had dumped drugs in the sewers and he was like this would be a hilarious script and then we like joked a little bit and then the joke became like a real idea for a script and then like 100 pages later there's like a featured script that we've, we've won some awards with that script too but it's way too expensive to actually make yeah. <laughs> so it yeah. was just a for fun thing but then when he came to me with this we're like okay we can sort of do the same thing as before mm -hmm. like you feed me this idea we come up with something that actually works and then i just roll with it nice. and uh but this is an idea that's actually 
achievable at our level right now because yeah. and when i wrote meth gators it was meant to be big and loud and explosion filled and all that kind of shit yeah. this is a much more character based thing it's much smaller you know it's more intimate uh and this was something you know all we need is a great cast good writing and uh some good scenarios and some good effects but we don't need you know there's no big monster there's no big explosions everything's much more on a character level yeah a lot of people don't realize that funding is a major part of making a movie doesn't matter what the movie is no matter how you know cheap it can it can be made it still needs to be made with some type of funds and a lot of indie yeah. filmmakers do that through indiegogo now do you have an indiegogo for only the only ones i don't uh right now we have independent funding to get us through phase one of production so phase one of production is about 90 percent of the script really uh yeah. there's like the all the main stuff with the primary cast uh has funding and is being shot already um, and then from there, we're going to move to phase two, which is uh, at the cold open to the movie, because there's a big yeah. elaborate fake out cold open to this movie that I want to find separate funding for. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that, the money that we need for like phase three, which is the movie's complete, but we need, say, composer funds or, uh, you know, whatever post fun- most of the post production I'm doing myself. So I'm absorbing a lot of those costs by doing most of this movie in house. Yeah. by shooting it myself and editing it myself, doing the preliminary sound mix, all this. But we'll find money for composer. We have to, if we're going to do festivals, which is the plan, that's not free. You know, so you got to, if you want to do a marketing campaign around the whole thing, you know, the, all that stuff costs money. Like everything in a, yeah. in a movie, just like anything else costs money. If you got a dude falling down the stairs in a movie, that's a stunt guy and he's not going to do that for free. Right, <laughs> you know? exactly. Everything you can't cost expect something. your actors to do it, especially if they're doing it for free and they're like local independent actors not trained to do stunts. That's I mean, you can. Just, you just you might can. go to jail or hurt somebody. Like, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I've, I've always... I've always uh, subscribed to like Lloyd Kaufman's and Troma Studios uh, philosophy with making movies, which is uh, rule number one, safety to people. Rule number two, yeah. safety to property. Rule number three, make a good movie. And number yeah. three is optional. Yep, absolutely. And one thing we always tell our actors is that if you're doing a stunt, obviously we're very cheap. So we try not to do very a lot of big stunts but it, we have right. a stu- uh, we have a certified stunt coordinator on set and we always say if you it, w- this is what is in the script if you do not feel comfortable doing this the way the stunt coordinator is doing it and you can do it safely tell us and we will work with you and your comfortability because obviously right. we don't want nobody getting hurt that's the main thing nobody gets hurt yeah that's the yeah exactly that's like should be everyone's main goal out of like let's make a movie but let's right. nobody get hurt doing it right right absolutely we want to have fun but we also want to be safe <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you know, there's there's tons of examples of when, you know, that shit has gone wrong or whatever yeah. and Walking Dead, you know, look at the Walking Dead, one of the walkers uh ended right. up going, you know, during one of the scenes. Yeah, I was I was doing some scenes for a movie that I was uh director of photography on and a number of our actors in that scene were all meant to be on like those days and they were down there and the dude fell off. He was like on the scaffolding, I think, right? Yeah. He was like yeah. walking way up on the scaffolding. Like he basically just backed off of a unguarded scaffolding fell like a number of feet and died and then the whole production obviously just shuts down until things get aligned but yeah i mean like that's crazy you know and but on that shit's easy to do like that's why you gotta have people doing those jobs because especially on something like walking dead you you know how many zombies are in that thing they have like 50 100 extras like you gotta wrangle those humans and make sure you know you're not putting them in dangerous scenarios yeah 
Absolutely. And like, that's why, you know, as you said, that's why you get stunt people. And if you can't afford a stunt person, which some, you know, a show like Walking Dead, I'm sure can afford stunt people. But if you can't afford stunt people, then you have to make sure that the actor can either A, do it safely and is comfortable and B, you have a certified at least stunt coordinator at some point. Yeah. Somebody that's certified yeah. that can walk you through it. <laughs> Even as much as like a character falling over, like even when we when we don't have stunt people on our shoots and we have people falling over, we have gymnastic pads, right, that we've bought yeah. just for this specific reason. Yeah. And those actors at some point have talked to one of our stunt people about how to safely fall yeah. and in a way that, you know, you don't hurt yourself, even when you're falling on a pad, right? So right. like every little thing you just got to really think about. Yep. I mean, the, there was a scene like in, in, in our movie that's currently in post 72, we have a scene where this, where they get infected and then they turn into what we call V's because they're mm -hmm. they got a virus and they and the one girl jumps and she jumps on the back of this one person's on their back and then goes and he has to fall right on the ground. This is all outside. Now right. we obviously moved all the rocks out of the way, all the sticks out of the way, anything that would be hazardous when he falls. And then obviously there's a big stump that is there. So we shoot it this way facing the stump so they can't see the crash pad that, that yeah yeah yeah. yeah exactly yeah like things like that are ways to help actors stay safe when they're filming stunt scenes because stunts are a big part of filmmaking because you can't do a horror movie without doing a stunt scene exactly you're going to come into something and somebody's going to fight somebody at some yeah. point in some way yeah. And, you know, you just, yeah, you can't treat your actors like meat props and just toss them around, you know, you're right, just, exactly. either human exactly. beings that are there to like collaborate with you on a project, kind of keep exactly. everyone safe. And exactly. we're trying some, like on the only ones, we're trying a lot of stuff that like none of us have ever done before. Like we're bringing a rain truck out for a big, huge exterior rain scene at nice. night. Uh, you know, we have extended fight sequences with some pretty elaborate death sequences and some yeah. kill gags that, you know, on the in theory they're all going to work and in practice i think they will like i've been working very closely with our effects artist joan jones nice. uh which is by the way the amazing name i was uh, just but, gonna say that's an amazing oh, yeah. name you gotta yeah you like oh hire that person joan jones sounds like a superhero <laughs> but um she is a superhero in, in like a world of gore and effects nice. makeup but yeah she's doing some elaborate stuff we have some really fun kill gags planned so uh we've gotten to shoot one so far uh, all the all the really tough stuff is still coming up. We're doing a car crash yeah. scene too, so like that's a new thing for me. Yeah. Uh, I've worked on crews with car crashes, but I've never like organized my own. So yeah. you know, we're we're gonna tread some new ground on this movie, at least for us. Yeah, I I, I remember I I am like so fascinated with like rain machines and everything, and I know my my very first movie, the very first scene on the very first day, I wanted a rain machine. So we're building like a rain machine. Let's just say that as we're starting to build it, we're like. We're going to hose them down and we're going to post-production the uh, raindrops. <laughs> yeah. We don't know what we're doing. And those are the things you learn yeah. that is like your first production, the first day of filming your very first movie, you might not want to go big or go home at that point. Oh, yeah. Oh, dude. And the rain machine, that was the long process because I was going to do the same thing. I was like yeah. going to build my own, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this thing's not going to be able to, I'm not going to be able to make as much rain as I thought I was going to make. Yeah. Uh, and I went out and had dinner with this guy who like, that's all he does. Like he does rain and fog and exterior nice. effects and blah, blah, blah. And he just sort of walked me through a lot of stuff. And I'm like, okay, yeah, I was, I was like in over my head here. Yeah. Uh, but he's able to help us out on, on the one night and yeah, they truck a, yeah. truck a big van out there. Um, it should be a lot of stuff. I mean, we got one of the, one of our props hanging in the background there. Oh, Those nice. old dangling legs back there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, and I, I, the another thing I'm like, I love is fog, and like I'm thinking, how are we gonna? How do you make fog like dry ice? But it's like, 
is, is that safe? Like you have to properly handle it. Like you have, yeah, to, yeah. You have it, you know, it's just, there's so much that goes into it. And like, sometimes if you need that for your movie, those are where you put, you make sure your funds go. I've gotten so far for years with the same like stupid fog machine from like party city that I bought years ago. <laughs> and if you're just, you plan it right. And you're downwind and you know, you get it in your scene. Um, it works great. Yeah. <laughs> and it's all about, there's like, a, I've learned this too. It's all about the mixture. Like if you yeah. uh, make your own stuff at home, you can make more like what they call graveyard fog, which sort of yeah. keeps low. Right. Yep. But the minute you get any wind, you know, that shit's out the window. So yeah. Yeah, all that stuff, especially wrangling it on location, is just yeah. you're at the whim of nature at that point too. Like if it's too yeah. windy, what are you gonna do? Yeah. Right. I just bought because I'm gonna for Halloween every year for Halloween I have a little Halloween party and I dress up as something and then I and awesome. I, I go all out. So I, I'm yes. creating witches station. It. I have a cauldron and I you know I have all the makeup and everything. I look I look amazing. It's like <laughs> perfect. And I I, go, I was like, how am I going to make fog come out of this out of this cauldron and not have my smoke alarms going off? The, so the dry I, ice, dude. It's the way. Uh, yeah, I found on Amazon for twelve dollars a mist maker that you just put two inches of water mm. in and you put the mist maker in the in the like this little like in like a, a little flower pot that goes in the cauldron and then it works perfectly. It, it tips over the cauldron and that's it, it awesome makes, it's beautiful and it was only like 15 dollars, and it's like whoa that's awesome like and the the dry ice really as long as you're safe with handling it yeah. you're good to go like um like yeah. last year or something we had gotten on this kick of like we couldn't eat enough like beyond meat right so we yeah. like ordered like an absurd amount from like this fucking website and it comes to the house and it's like all packed with dry ice and stuff and we're like awesome all this free dry ice so yeah. we tossed it all in the sink and we just turn on the water and it instant witch's cauldron just yeah. pouring over the side it just yeah. bubbled until that stuff disintegrated in like an hour or something like that and it was like the perfect look with this one band i used to be in we would always play this elaborate halloween party and it was in an indoor pool yeah. And they would always buy a shit ton of dry ice and just dump it in the pool. <laughs> and that thing would just go like all night. It was awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, we uh, we got, uh, I think it was our first Halloween party that I had since I moved down here. I got, uh, what was it? Uh, dry. I got dry ice and we were making like witch's brew in like yeah. a punch bowl. And, and yeah. we, we did that. And it was an amazing effect. I got amazing pictures and videos and everything. But then we it was time to drink it. And we're like, I don't feel safe. I don't know. I don't want my stomach. I don't know if I drink it. I don't yeah, because they said you could drink it when everything is like disintegrated and everything, but we didn't feel comfortable doing it. So it's like, no, we yeah, just you're not an expert. How you know it's all disintegrated? Well, if you get that, a little piece, exactly. Right? Apparently, what happens then? To online, they say that, but I think they're trying to kill me. And that's what, yeah. Do I? I'm gonna be like the dude in the beginning of Scanners, and my just my head's gonna explode or something. I don't know yeah. what's gonna happen at that point. Yep, yep. It was one of those things. Like, yeah, I don't feel comfortable drinking this. I don't care how disintegrated it is. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw I don't it care out. Care what the internet says. Right. I'm not doing it. The internet might always be right. <laughs> internet might lie to you too. You never know. Exactly. When your head explodes, you know. Absolutely. Internet. So, what, so you did mention that you have a bunch of hard things coming. You know, for this movie at the film, and uh, so I know you started already production, but what do you think is going to be the hardest in completing this movie? Uh, the the night with the rain machine, probably mm -hmm. because we not only have the rain machine, but that's also like the climax of the movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, and there's like quite a bit of kill effects happening on that same night. And lighting with rain is really tough because you can't just 
like it can't water just can't fall you turn on a camera and it looks yeah. great like if you don't backlight the shit out of like rain yeah. you're like not gonna see it um that's why like old hollywood movies would mix water with milk and pump yeah. that through the rain machine so that it would the light would pick up the water the milky in the water and then it would actually yeah. appear on camera uh, obviously with like cameras that we're shooting on with 6k sensors that's a lot easier it'll pick up yeah. stuff if you shoot at the right shutter speed it'll pick it up even more but um, you really do have to backlight a lot of it to get that dramatic rain night look. Right. So that's why you can't really shoot in the real rain because you got to get electric lights outside. So you know, there's a lot of tough things just in lighting the scene. Yeah. Uh, and then let alone doing the kill effects. Like luckily we're planning it, so all the kill effects happen under an enclosure. So right. there's not water pouring down because uh, we just don't have the production, the team to accomplish all that kind of stuff. Right. But. Yeah. Just having the rain in the background, like that whole night's going to be, it's out in the fields. It's in a remote location. There's buckets of blood. It's, uh, yeah, that's the one that's like keeping me up at night. Be like, that's going to be, that's a tough night. That's going to be yeah. a tough night. Yeah. So is that the one, like you said that you're, you're going to have a rain machine coming in on a truck. Yeah. So now is that something that you got to pay on an hourly basis or is that something that somebody built or you get it? Yeah. We pay for it. Not on hourly, but you get it for the night. Um, okay. So, uh, yeah, you basically pay a, a night rate, like much like anything else. When you kind of do rentals for film stuff, it's usually yeah. on a day or a weekly rate. Yeah. So that that's a lot more easier to handle, I'm assuming, than building your own. <laughs> like, yes. Yeah. Because like, if I were to build my own, I'd be pretty limited. Like I couldn't yeah. do I couldn't do as wide of a shot as I would want to do yeah. with the amount of rain I would be able to create on my own like amateur rain machine uh look yeah. right but if i get this yeah. guy out they have the truck they have the huge hose i can shoot really wide back like put a big huge light up and we can get mm -hmm. a great rain shot that i would never be able to achieve yeah like, on my own and, and at some point too when i'm trying to juggle all these things like i'm meeting up with effects people and i'm like mm -hmm. adjusting the script and i'm shooting this motherfucker and i'm like directing mm -hmm. it and stuff it's like let someone else do the rain like i can't right. you know i'm gonna falter at some point where like if something's a big huge variable like rain yeah. I would rather someone who's like an expert in that thing be there, like just doing it. Right. So speaking, because obviously you are the director of this movie. So is, do you have a specific style of directing, like a specific technique that you would like to do for the movie? I mean, I guess sort of that that tone that I brought up earlier, that Coen Brothers tone is like something yeah. that really fascinates me. So it's mostly the tone is one of the and atmosphere is one of the main things that interests me in genre films like the, yeah. all my favorite films are atmospheric. Uh, this one obviously is being a dark comedy has a lot more, uh, um, you know, energy to it than like maybe yeah. your typical atmospheric film. But still, the tone that I'm going for is something that really fascinates me, which is that ridiculous scenario characters mm -hmm. within it being playing it all seriously kind of like burn after reading is really the more the trajectory yeah. that i tried to follow with this mm -hmm. script in which like the characters believe their scenarios have much higher stakes than they actually do yeah. uh but still they the stakes become high because of their belief in the the fiction right uh yeah. and so but like not having it be clownish and not having it be like playing it for laughs right? right the laughs will happen because they're playing it seriously so like those are the kinds of things we're trying to juggle with like the tone of the movie and i guess Absolutely. that's that's the style at least for this film that we're going okay. for awesome so next question has four parts of they shouldn't be too long i would say because <laughs> it's just they're just promoting this movie more but uh oh, i'll make when, them long 
<laughs> when and where do you start or, or, like what like where are you gonna like film this movie and do you have an anticipated release date for it and when this film is released where can it be seen uh so i can't answer some of those because i don't know but okay. uh we're shooting most of it in shepherdstown west virginia we have a farmhouse location out there yes. we're also doing a number of scenes uh in and around frederick maryland where i live we have a gas station location. We have uh, an arcade location. We have a, a few other things. Um, and then Rain Night is out in Northern Virginia. Okay. Um, so that's sort of the way the locations are. We're all in pretty much like remote, like rural kind of areas. We'll do one little thing in Baltimore. Uh, as far as when it's done, we're anticipating being wrapped phase one of this movie by October. Okay. Uh, we're shooting. We've already been shooting. We'll be shooting through September. Hopefully wrap our stuff early October, move on to figuring out phase two, which is our cold opening and whatever okay. else we need for the movie. Nice. Uh, so I don't expect it to be done till next year, uh, yeah. 2023. As far as where it gets released, no idea. Uh, because the plan is to just take this thing to festivals okay. and try to secure our distribution once we have a finished great looking film and we have something to try to sell, you know? Awesome. Perfect. So last question I got for you, anything at all that you would like to promote any other projects, social media, websites, anything at all? Uh, sure. Yeah. I'm a co-host of another podcast as well mm -hmm. uh, called Camp Nightmare. I'm shamelessly wearing our shit right now. And uh, <laughs> I co-host that with my good friend JB Dunn. And we talk weekly about horror movies. Uh, we have all kinds of guests interviews. We just talked to uh, Ed Sanchez, Blair Witch Project director, uh, we've got it. We just talked to Daniel Roebuck too, who's playing Grandpa Monster in the upcoming Monsters. Uh, we haven't dropped that interview yet, but that's coming out. Um, that's so awesome. we do all kinds of stuff. And this weekend we're going to be because you're dropping this today, right? You said yeah, this, this it'll be fast. Up today. Yep. Awesome. Well, this weekend, if you guys anybody is around the Gettysburg, PA area, Creature Feature Weekend is happening all weekend uh, at the Wyndham in Gettysburg, and I'll be set up there with the Camp Nightmare booth. Uh, yeah. We'll be promoting stuff, selling merch all weekend. They're also showing one of my horror short films called Jericho Bridge at Creature Feature. That's Saturday, 4 p.m. Uh, in the Gateway Cinema on the big screen. It's a beautiful theater. Uh, and yeah, we'll be doing some live events. We're Q&Aing um, some of the cast of the original Halloween and the cast of some of the Friday 13th movies in like a head-to-head -head nice. Halloween versus Friday 13th franchise, whatever Q&A session. Uh, we're going to be hosting the Savini School makeup tutorial. They're going to put some nice. horror looks on some people. It's just going to be a lot of fun. Creature Features nice. always a blast. It's one of my favorite things we do every year. Yeah, I wanted to go to that so bad. Um, I have a, I, my, my new book just came out, and uh, I'm actually going on a book tour down in uh, Linton nice. Island at the uh, Pop and Horror Con down there. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, isn't that that's happening? That's this weekend, too, right? That's this weekend, too. Yeah, that's why I can't yeah. go. I know I wanted to do both and and that yeah. was a bummer because I was like why did you pick the same weekend I like know, why yeah. are you just do oh man I was a bummer you should say hey to Nancy Ritter uh when she's down there she's uh great an friend of mine. Yep. okay great she's gonna yep. she's in my movie the only ones she's one of our yep. cast members nice. uh so yeah we're, we're excited to have her uh we also have Brett Wagner who's uh, known as the lost leather face from the 2003 movie he's in a bunch nice. of other stuff Sons of Anarchy uh got christopher enlow i believe you know him as well yes i do yep yes yep he's in the only yep. ones as well and then yeah. a whole bunch of cast members who are just literally my favorite group of of nice. regional actors i've like ever worked with so a bunch of regulars for me like paul yeah. cotman who's a rock star in my eyes uh emily classen yeah. who's e equally as much I, of a rock she was star in smack. yes oh yeah she yep. was the lead in smack that is where i met her 
shooting nice. that movie, Emily and I clicked on that movie, and I immediately, you know, saw yeah. boatloads of talent in that girl. She's she's really incredible. Very great, yeah, great person. She is, she is, yeah. and she introduced me to Tatiana Ford, who's our other yeah. lead, um, who's yeah. someone. I needed her to have a love interest and someone that she could potentially already have chemistry with that we could capitalize with on the movie. Mm -hmm. Cause I'm very much taking a come as you are kind of approach and letting people bring yeah. a lot of themselves to the character. Mm -hmm. She introduced me to Tatiana who's equally as talented. She's, she's in it. Uh, and then as far as people who uh, weren't actually local, we're bringing in a New York actress, Kayla Brejikin, uh, Brejikin yeah. and she's amazing. She's done a bunch of short films and she just blew us away with her audition and, uh, Jeb uh, Afiero, who's coming from uh, Virginia somewhere, like four or five hours away, but he's great too. So mm -hmm. it's a really killer local cast and some not local people. That's exciting. Yeah, absolutely. I know Daniel Roebuck's going to be at Monster Mania uh, September oh, 3rd, cool. October 2nd, and I'm going to Monster Mania, so I'm super excited. Um, Dude, so yes, he's a really nice guy. He's like, awesome. he will just talk movies all day if you let him. Awesome. Like, he's one of those, like, just it's archives of infinite like movie knowledge kind of guys. He's awesome. Yeah. So much fun to talk to. Awesome. Sounds like a plan. Well, I thank you, Jordan, so much for joining me this evening. Yeah. Or thanks for having me, man. This exactly. is kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. This what, whatever time, man, time is yep. a it really is. concept, man. You know, you know most of my circles. interviews are at eight o'clock at night anymore. And this is like <laughs> my first one at three o'clock for quite some time. So <laughs> see, yeah. I closed the window and I don't even know, you know, I'll get to editing and I don't know what time it is. doesn't matter. Exactly. Well, I thank you. And you have a great rest of your day and enjoy a uh, creature feature. Thanks, man. Yep. Appreciate it. All right. Bye. Bye.